back to another episode of one of these years. Lions offseason rolls on. I'm, of course, Nick Bumgarner along with Colton Pouncey. Uh, and Colton, as always, in the offseason, a lot to talk about. A lot to a lot of hypotheticals. <laughs> a lot of things. Surprisingly, yeah. A lot of things yeah. to sort. Uh, the offseason is a time for thinking and a time for uh, thinking, thinking out loud sometimes, right? Even when maybe that could be dangerous. <laughs> Uh, how are we doing? Things are good before the combine here. Yeah, pretty good. I put out a couple of mock drafts and like I didn't get yelled at too much, so I'll take that as a win. Like <laughs> just waiting for the combine and uh, we'll take it day by day. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it day by day. I think that's the best way to put it. The combine, of, of course, is always uh, an adventure to say the least. Um, people's opinions <laughs> go from like sane to insane or vice versa. Sometimes we get too much. But although I will say this, people, I would say, you know, I've been doing this a long time now. Um, and I'm trying to think back to the first year I went to the combine. I can't even remember what year it would have been. But back then, you know, certainly a decade ago, pro- longer than that, probably. Um, that's when people would go around and do the whole like, and they still do this, but not as much. Did you talk to the Jets? Did you talk to the Giants? Did you talk to the Bears? You, that's what they would do, right? Yeah. The whole time. And it was just like, oh, guys, oh, my God. But then it's insufferable. that almost felt better than the overreaction period of time, which also, like, overreacted around there where it would become, like, if some guy had done, like, you know, something on the bench, like, or whatever. Oh, my God. Mm. And you're like, what? Like, okay. And now I think over the years, last 10 years or so, Feel like we're at a better place. I think. I think as an NFL well, media, we can handle the combine better. Do you not? Do you I think agree? it's shifted. To, I do. I, I think it's shifted to pro days now because now we overreact to one backwards <laughs> throw, like spinning away out of the pocket, That's a good deep point. fifty yard bomb, and then we end up guys like Zach Wilson, second overall. So yes and uh, no, <laughs> but the yeah. combine, yes, does. That is a really good point. Maybe better. the maybe the pro COVID probably broke the whole thing uh oh, yeah. maybe maybe the pro days have taken over the overreaction period because you know look and we talk about this too um a lot from in my neck of the woods at what i do every day is the value of the combine in its current form and how valuable is it because you're i think you know, i think you're going to see it again even though they changed the format to try to take the excuses away i think you're going to see guys be like i'm not working out i'm not doing it i'm not going to show you my probably three cone time because it's going to downgrade me. I know what you're looking for. I know what you want me to show you and I'm not going to do it because I think that you can watch my tape and see if you think I'm a good football player. <laughs> that's what the NBA players do to the combine. If you, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and that's been that way for a long time at the, and that thing is useless. The NBA, <laughs> it's like you go to that and guys are standing around with their agents, with their hands in their pockets being like, I'm not doing anything. Uh, you're yeah. you want to you want to see how good I am? Draft me. <laughs> like we'll see. How, you know, like and it's like I get it. How do you feel and about that? Do you like I, that? You or? know, I I understand where they come from, and like because I'm trying to think back to the first time I went to the NBA Combine. It must have been God, like when Trey Burke was there or something, right? Like so long yeah. ago. And he was a great example of that because now we're on a different sport, but it's the same conversation. He was an undersized point guard. Right, like um, really undersized, and the big question about his game was going to be like, how is he going to handle himself in the lane? How is he going to handle himself against bigger, longer guys when he has to play against you know guys with all that length every night? And mm-hmm. the combine back then, I don't know if it still has that. Had that five on five, you go out there and you play, and you play against your peers. Yeah. And he, you know, he was one of many at the time who were like, no way, <laughs> like, there's absolutely no way I'm going to go do that. <laughs> and I'm not going to do like X, Y, and Z in the workouts either. And he, I don't think he did anything. And he was a lottery pick. And of course, you know, his career did not work out the you know, the way you would call a lottery pick. But I never forgot that. I'm like, he played that thing perfect. He didn't do anything. And like, just dared teams. <laughs> like, you want to like, bring me in for a workout and I'll play guys one-on-one. I'll set, I'll set the agenda. And I think that, to circle back to what we're talking about, the pro days now, what we saw with COVID, you know, guys got to do it at home. They set their workout. Mm-hmm. It's my receivers. It's my workout. It's my routes. It's my this. It's my that. It's my quarterback. It's my building. I woke up in my bed this morning. We talk about it all, all the time. The combine, though, I still think does have value in that you force guys to go out there, if you know, you try to anyway, mm-hmm. to go out there and perform under some pressure. And, and that's how do I feel about it? I understand it from the player standpoint. And that's why I think it's on the NFL to evolve it. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll yeah. see it when we get there this week or next week. Like 
there's a lot of wasted time. You know, it's just a lot of stuff that's like, and there's a lot of time that's like this this drill or whatever we're doing here. It's just not that big of a deal. Like we can measure this in other ways. We already know how fast this guy is. We don't need to line up and run the forty and make a spectacle of it because it's good on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I right. think that's yeah. part of the problem. But <laughs> it's a lot of it. Is what it is. We still learn a lot, though. You know, like that's the thing that. Yeah. I I don't I, I hate that conversation. I don't hate it. It's a really fascinating conversation, but I hate to just be like cancel the combine because you don't want to do that either. You know, the, the medical of evals are hugely important this time of year. The objective medicals. I think they're actually during COVID that was the only thing they kept. Right? Was the medicals they brought them in for that? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, outside of that, it's a lot of uh, talking. But we'll do a lot of talking. That's what we do best. A lot of talking. <laughs> That's what we do best. <laughs> so we will be there. Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell will be talking too, I think, right? They're both talking next week. So that'll be yep. interesting. I think they're Wednesday, 4.15 for Campbell, and I think 4.30 for yeah, they got the late shift. So. They got the dead yeah. last. Chris is making it seem like that's like been a thing the last few years. So I don't but they know. got the dead last shift? Well, maybe. Hey, yeah. look. Actually, that'll be interesting to see how many people stick around then, to see how many people stick around. I bet it's more than the last couple to see. So mm-hmm. they'll talk next week. That'll be good to get um, their thoughts uh, on a lot of stuff. So we'll have a lot of things uh, coming out of the combine. But before we get there, Colton, I thought we'd talk about a few things today. First, your beat, minor, mm-hmm. beat writer mock draft, which uh, is always exciting yes. around here. Uh, the first of a that few. That was fun. Yeah, like the, yeah. the first of a few. I think you guys are going to do it again I think at least once more, maybe twice. Probably like sure. once, yeah, once a month until the combine or until yeah, so, the uh, so the draft in April. So yeah, post combine yeah, and then one right up until the draft. Yeah, so mm-hmm. those are those are always really fun because you it puts you in the in the hot seat of like dealing with trades and trying to measure those out and all yep. that. So we'll talk about that. But and then after that, I think actually, which is even more interesting to me, the uh, roster stability analysis situation yes. here, which has got some interesting things <laughs> that I wanted to talk to you about. But first, the beat writer uh, mock draft. So, you traded back with Carolina, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. You were able to pull that off, and your first pick was who? Uh, Devin Witherspoon, Devin cornerback, Witherspoon, Illinois. Illinois. Right. So, had my pick of him or Gonzalez there. Uh, was Porter? I kind of went back and forth a little bit. Porter was there too. Okay. So, all three corners were in the mix on the board. So, I went with Witherspoon. Um, Honestly, I would have been fine with any of those guys there. Right. Um, also, Miles Murphy was still on the board, too. I right. thought about him. But I just went with Witherspoon because cornerback seems like a need. I don't know what they're doing in free agency. So if they don't get a pricey one there, I could see them using their first pick at corner. So that was a pick. Traded down to nine for that. Now, the process of getting to Well, yeah, that's to what nine, I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was interesting. So, I don't know. If you want to set that up, you can. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I really there. do think that. You know, I totally agree with everything you said there. Like corner in the first round, and everybody listening is probably nodding their head that that's obviously the biggest <laughs> need of the team. And um, you know, frankly, you know, I'm probably going to end up closer at the end of this to saying like, if you wanted to just sit there at six and take one of these corners, like if it be Witherspoon or Porter or Gonzalez, but you know, that's fine. Like, I think that if if that's what they want to do at the end, you know, it's taken me a minute, but I think I'm it, Gonzalez, I'm closer there on, and Witherspoon, I'm closer there on than I am with Porter, but it is what it is. Like, I, I think if that's what you want to do at the end of the day and you don't have any other moves, I wouldn't hate that. But the biggest task here is what you were able to accomplish, which was trading down, which is like, can you get off of six? Can you get one more pick? One more value yeah. pick? I don't need 10, right? I don't need like, and that's what we talked about because you, you ended up taking less than I think most of the charts would say or whatever, um, not a ton less, but yeah. less. And Carolina has that pick at lot, yeah. 60-ish, right? Something like that? They have a pick at 62, I think, yeah, in the second right. round. So a lot of people might have seen that and said, Golden, you should have taken that. Should have never done that or whatever. And we talked about that in the Slack. I tried. <laughs> and I originally said, don't do it. And then Chris was like, well, think about this for a second. And I was like, you know what? You're not wrong because they ha- look at what happens. I mean, they ha- we- they already have so many assets you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They don't – if you just want to get down, you just want to pick up one more, you're going to get the guy you want anyway. So move right. back, play the board, and do your thing. Now, yeah, what happened exactly? <laughs> yes. <story>. So <laughs> people need to understand, for a beat writer mock draft, I'm at the mercy of anyone that wants to come up. So I put right. twice. We That's did how it works. Slack channel. 
I put down twice in the Slack channel, six is available. I'm open to hearing some offers. Right. Um, so you want to talk about Jordan's offer? Yeah. Yes, Rams? both of them. Right. <laughs> so Jordan uh, Rodriguez, our incredible uh, yeah. Rams writer, she offered um, Jalen Ramsey and I think a second round pick for number six. Right. And as great as Ramsey is, he's phenomenal. I Something about that just like didn't feel right to me yeah. so i don't know maybe some of you would do that i i, <laughs> I would have had a hard time saying no to that to be quite honest with you that's yeah so however you do give up i think the, from, right you give up the extra pick though right you give up that first yeah you're, you're i not mean getting that if back. i could do that at 18 exactly. i would consider that like right. ramsey in a second for 18 i would probably do that yeah um six felt a little high exactly. uh you also have to you, pay ramsey and you know he's going to take up some caps some cap room so I get it. He's a great player. I, I passed that one. And she said honestly, no to eighteen. Did she say no to eighteen? Or did I didn't even counter with eighteen. Okay. I just I felt I felt better just trading down a little bit. Yeah. Right. So um, her plan, by the way, was to uh, get number six and then trade number six down a few spots anyway to a team that needs a quarterback. There you go. Probably the Panthers, and then draft one of these cornerbacks here. Yep. So she was basically trying to do the same thing I was trying to do. Or she could um, draft Richardson or something, right? Like if you're the Rams, you could draft a future quarterback if you wanted to. Could, Not off the yeah, table. Yeah, I don't think she was. I don't know that, if that's what yeah, Jordan that's would say, but I'm just saying that would be something that you know. No, in yeah, theory. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, you could Stafford. Stafford could Stafford's give, getting up there. You could give Stafford the one two that he was able to hold the Lions off from doing for all those years <laughs> if you wanted to. There you go. If you wanted to. There you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I rejected that trade offer. Right. Um, really, and the other the other thing that made this difficult was that the Bears traded down twice. Like they were, that was part of their plan. So they were trading down twice within the top ten. The Seahawks were trading down from five. So like yeah, with so yeah. many teams like trading down for quarterbacks and having the same plan as I did, I was kind of stuck with whatever people wanted to offer. So I reached out to our Panthers writer Joe Person. I was like, "Look, man, like let's let's talk deal. What are you thinking?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Can I get nine and forty for six? And he was like, "Nope, too rich." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah, he's not wrong. On the it definitely That's favors a lot. the Lions on the uh, value chart. And they but need my it. thinking is they need the pick badly. Teams get desperate when they're looking for a quarterback. Boom. So like nine and forty. That's I think that's when you have another second round pick. That's a no brainer if you're if you're trying to get a quarterback like the Panthers are. Yeah, um, I agree with you. So Levis was there at six. He didn't want to do that. I was like, all right, fine. How about nine and sixty two? Your other um, second rounder. I think that's one of the picks they got in the McCaffrey trade to the 49ers. That's the one that um, I said, go get. Yeah. Yeah. And I offered that. I said, give me nine and 62. I'll give you six and we'll, we'll call it a day. And mm-hmm. he said, nope, too rich. And that I was like, that's like fair value. That's Come not on, realistic. Whatever. Carolina, I think, would yeah, say yes. They would that. absolutely do that. That's, and that's why maybe I, not, I though, but I think maybe not. Maybe he knows more. I mean, he's there, but, you know, I don't want to discount Joe, but I like, know. I mean, I do think that they would agree to that. That's, yeah. that's more in line with like <laughs> yeah. what it should be. <laughs> I agree. So he was, and my other thing working against me is that, he was going to trade up to seven if he couldn't get six because the Seahawks traded down from five to seven in this mock. Um, Mike Duger, our Seahawks writer, was just going crazy with these trades, trying to trade down everywhere. So he was like, hey, give me 93 and nine and I'll give you seven. So Joe was about to make that trade. And I was okay. like, just give that to me. I'll, I'll make the deal right now. And, and that's like, how it works. Yeah, let's right. do it. So yeah. that's how it So he out. did a good job. So Joe did a good job of playing. The Joe board. did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> I think Brad Holmes job. will probably do better than I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike got involved too, but that's a realistic scenario because I think Seattle is going to have a weird, like Detroit and Seattle are going to have a weird market for a trade, right? Yeah. And it's going to be a lot of like, it would be a lot of like two phone, you know, you're just like, hey man, like, are you yep. sure? You're sweating. You're sw- like, we're going, you know, like, and that's probably how it played yeah. out, right? Like down to if the you last have teams second. at five and five and six that are both <laughs> trying to trade down. And yeah, I mean, the Bears even could trade down twice in the top 10. It gets a little interesting. This is like the really the first scenario yeah. that I've seen it laid out like this, which is actually cool. And that's why I like the exercise. Yeah, so, that's why they're so fun. Yeah. I got nine and an early third. And I'm okay with the early third because... I was too. Guess what? I didn't do it here, but if I wanted to trade back into the late first, I probably could. I have enough assets now. I have two second rounders. <laughs> I have two third Look, rounders. Right. I can make that happen if I want like can't see at, at like 29 or 30 or something like that. Exactly. You know? And I think that the um, bigger point is that you don't need to do any of that. You don't need to yeah. do any of that. You just needed to get the most you could out of six, which is what you did, yeah. 
which is what, like, that's what we're talking about. Just, like, you just want to get one more value pick. And to me, a value pick is a top 100 pick, like a premium draft pick. And that's a premium draft pick, that 94, whatever it was. And guess what? You could stay at 94 and not move and still come out of there with everything you want and nothing and no questions asked. Everything. Like, that's the situation they're in talk about. We can talk about Holmes' third-round picks. He's gotten Ali McNeil. Kirby and he's gotten was last Kirby year, Joseph. right? Yeah, so. perfect. Yeah, I mean, like, what are we talking about here? Like that's and that's <laughs> frankly where, if you look across the league uh, at the best teams, that's where everybody makes their money. Second and third round. What are you doing between sixty and a hundred, or fifty mm-hmm. and a hundred? Really, everybody can. Everybody can tell us the top fifteen players. Most people can tell us the top thirty. Can you tell us the difference between 30 and 90 or, you know, 50 and 100? Like, that's where the good GMs make their money. So it's, yes, it's of no surprise. And that's why we've talked about all year. It's why they stockpiled the situation, you know, of all these picks to have these. So that you're not desperate. Like, I guess that's the greatest point, probably, right? Like, that I learned from, like, listening to the conversation that you guys were having. And then also, you're just looking at the Lions roster and you're remembering... That they're really not desperate. Other teams are more desperate. I go through these scenarios all the day, all day. That's what I, you know, I'm going through a mock right now that's coming out, I think, next week. And the Lions are not desperate. You know, they're in a terrific situation here, comparatively speaking, because there's so many other teams that are like, I, like Carolina. That's why I was saying, like, you could, you probably could have gotten 30 whatever out of him or four, whatever that was. If you really, if there was no other choice and the board broke a certain way and he had no other option. Honestly, I think part of it was like you know some saying? of the beat writers that were sitting in that like eleven to fifteen range, right? Like weren't really paying attention, right? And they, they weren't because like, they weren't up, so they weren't looking at what was unfolding in front of them. But I think obviously NFL teams will be a little bit more yeah, uh, yeah, attentive. <laughs> so <laughs> I could probably start a bidding war. That's Joe was bidding against himself, saying. and he knew that. So yeah, I agree. And it's like <laughs> you know, if Richardson goes to the combine and has a great week. You know, and he keeps going up and up and up, and teams are like, okay, I'm not going to pretend that he sucks anymore or or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the possibility of teams trading back up or trading trading up at all. There's also the possibility that, you know, we, who's to say that somebody doesn't want to come up and mess it up and get Jalen Carter if, or uh, Will Anderson if they fall or Tyree Wilson or someone like this? Like, I I don't think that that would be off the board. If you're just looking for the board to get a little weird. So that you can get one of those studs or trade down. That's so, the dream if you're the Lions right now. Yeah. Honestly, as this draft was unfolding, I thought to myself, there might be a chance that Jalen Carter falls to six. Totally. And like this totally, is how it totally. happens. The the first two picks, uh Bryce Young, the Colts went up to get him, sure. trade with the Bears. Number two, the Texans stood there, took CD Stroud. Yep. Uh third, the Cardinals got Will Anderson. Makes sense. Yep. So four was the Bears at four. Uh, and I'm like, okay, of course, we're going to take Jalen Carter. The Bears guys wanted to trade down again because they wanted uh, Peter Skaronsky yeah. and get more picks. So they were perfectly fine, like, passing on Carter at four. Um, now You're going to have teams that are to salivating four? to trade up for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably. But the, the Falcons went up and got him. They traded their number eight pick, um, their second rounder, number 45, and a 2024 second. So that was... <laughs> Way more than I wanted to give up. But, <laughs> but let's say a team at four, like the Bears do want to trade down. Right. But they trade to a quarterback needy team instead of a team that wants Carter. Yes. Right? Yes. They want, one of, they want like and, uh, Levis or Levis Richardson, too, or Richardson four. right? Mm-hmm. One of those two. If both of those quarterbacks cement themselves as like top five guys, then you have four quarterbacks potentially going in the top five. And then maybe Anderson is the other pick. And then at six, yeah, Carter might be there. Like right. that's... Yeah. I didn't realize that until I was like watching this exercise. A lot of things like, are possible. Yeah, man. If Anthony Richardson might be the key to all of this, if he like lights up the combine and cements himself as like a top five pick, which man, I saw him drafted number one in the mock yesterday yeah. back in CBS. <laughs> so I think it's good, dude. <laughs> well, I, de- um, I feel like this is going to be the trade market is going to be one of those like everybody in the scene in the office where they're standing there pointing the fake guns at each other in a circle, wait for somebody yeah. to clinch. That's what it's all. That's kind of what it always is. But that's really what it feels like this year too. You know, the two teams you're watching. You probably need the Bears to trade down twice out of the top five, and then you need the Panthers and probably the Raiders to trade into the top five to get their quarterbacks. They might. Yeah. Which so if you have four quarterbacks in the top five and Anderson's the other pick, Carter's there at six. Like, yep. 
That's and I uh, think that's the big the, and the big thing that you nailed. How, it. That's how you get there. The guys, yeah. the guys have to prove it too. You know, like and Levis mm-hmm. has to go to the combine and do all the things that we've all talked about. Well, he's this terrific athlete who doesn't have help, and you know, like look at him, like just look at look how he runs all this. Like if he goes to the combine, throws well, does what he should do, boom, stamp it. If Richardson goes to the combine, same thing. He goes to combine, does all the things he should do. But what are we talking about? Why are we asking? Yeah. You know, like that's it's the same conversation. If they don't, then it's then it falls closer to what we talked about last year. You know, to where it was like early in the process uh, in February, like around the Senior Bowl. It was like, well, we don't know what to make of these quarterbacks, Willis and Ritter and all that, right? And it was like there are quarterback desperate teams like every year, but are they going to really trade? for Desmond Ritter. Are they really going to do this for Kenny Pickett? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when at that point you're looking at it and saying, well, Bryce Young will be here next year and Stroud will be here next year. And they're automatically better than these guys, but that's kind of happening again, you know, and it's, but it's not as much, it's not as much. So that's the interesting part is, you know, what's the final book going to be on these quarterbacks and how is that going to really dictate the whole thing? Cause that's for the bears. You're not trading the pick at all, unless you get, full value for it. You're not doing it just to do it. You know, I don't just to do it. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, that's a really valuable draft pick, you know, and you're, you need a lot coming back to you and you're going to be judged for your entire (laughs) tenure on what you got back, you know, on that trade. So you're not doing Mm -hmm. it just to do it. That is my point, especially when there's Jalen Carter and Will Anderson sitting there. And it's the same thing for all these guys. You know, is Bryce Young really, the guy for you is he the quarterback is he the guy that you're building your franchise around for 10 years i don't know you know if, if caleb williams be, if you're exactly <laughs> yes right if caleb williams and drake may were in this class they you know oh, the answer would be yes they're one and two people are going yeah. up there and they're going to go do what it takes i don't know if that's the case for bryce i mean i think he's going to be a really good player but i don't know if that's the case if, he, if you can project that for 10 years i think i would rather project that for stroud but like it's same you have, you have hiccups there too, you know. Just for context, uh, the Colts got number one in exchange for uh, number four, twenty, the number 36 pick in this draft, uh, a fifth round pick in this draft, and the Colts' uh, 2024 first round pick. So that's close. Four, yeah. a second, a fifth, and a first. Another for next first. Year. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably close. I don't know if I still don't know if that's enough though. Like that's a tricky one. Like when Chris and mm-hmm. I would go back when the Lions were horrible, horrible, when they were in the hunt for one a couple of those times, <laughs> like whatever it was. Uh, yeah. Want to say I guess last year too, and the year before, so it was twice or whatever. <laughs> and you, but anyway, we would go through the exercise with like you got to trade number one, and it would be like holy shit, you need to ask for a lot, like a lot back. It's like. Yeah multiple ones is where it starts and then it just like it does it's a lot and the dip from one to two is big you know what i mean like the value of one to two is massive of the drop off Mm -hmm. and it's not as big from two to three you know and and then and so on and so on Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know i'm i'm still not there yet on whether or not a team is going to give the bears what it takes to go up and and just so they can get Bryce Young. Like, I think the Colts would be like, let's like, these aren't, four like, and get Stroud. There's no Trevor Lawrence in this no. class. Like, it's not like the for sure number one pick. So it's not like that's the guy you're getting. Yeah. There's some risk involved with all these guys. Bryce is small. He's like an anomaly. Like, you have to wonder if he can mm-hmm. hold up with his frame. Dane um, compared him to Steph Curry, right? Did you see that on Twitter? I thought that yeah, was actually did. funny. And then because yeah. of the no-look pass. Or no, he, uh, he completed it or he uh, turned around before he completed it. But the comparison in general is really good because it's like he's this small guy who figures it out amongst all these bigger guys. But, but Steph's hurt all the time. I was just reading a story the other day from somebody, well, Steph's out another week. He'll be back in another week. I'm like, well, damn, when's the last time Steph Curry played a full season? You know what I mean? Like it's, that's just the, that's just what you trade off. It's just what you you get. That's part of it. And so I thought that was a really cool comparison because it's like physically, it's kind of the same thing. Like he could get beat up, and you, it just is what it is. You almost feel like you would need like a really good number two all the time if he was your guy, yeah. right? Like I almost feel like that would be the next conversation. You know, it's funny. I saw people on Twitter uh, saying that Mina Kimes ruined Bryce Young's draft stock. What? Because... What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think there was a photo taken of them together. I don't know if it was oh, that God. Or something. Is she like taller than and, him. And like they were like the same height. <laughs> <laughs> like. 
Mina, yeah. you've done like so much Dude, damage to his draft. <laughs> I don't know how tall Mina Kimes, but Bryce Young's five ten. I don't think that he's going to measure much higher than that. I think Mina. Mina said she was. I read some of the reply. I think she said she's like five seven and was wearing five, heels. Seven so with she, heels, so she might have been up to five nine ish somewhere. In there. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that was hilarious. Though. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but low. No, that's the reality of it. You know, like I think Nate yep. Tice compared him to Doug Flutie the other day, and I was like, yeah. "That's not wrong. It's not wrong. Like that's, yeah. but it's also like." Hey man, Doug Flutie won a lot of games. Doug Flutie was pretty good. <laughs> you know, like he was a pretty good player. So, right. but pretty good and elite, not the same. Uh, you know, like elite, elite, not the same. generational, whatever you want to call it. So right. that's the conversation. That's where it sort of ruffles out and we'll see sort of where it unfolds. The combine maybe will rattle out a few more. Well, it'll rattle out some smoke screens and some weird, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I can't, I'm trying to think. Somebody will say Tanner McKee is rated higher than Bryce Young before the week is over, or I don't know. That's coming. <laughs> some teams have Tanner about. McKee rated number one on their board over Bryce Young. That will happen by the end of the week, or my name is not Mark Emmert. That's my new joke. But in any in any event, let's take a break here, Colton, and then we'll come back and do the uh, roster stability because I think this is actually well, really interesting too. Well, we still I'm have sorry, pick eighteen. We didn't talk. Oh, about, we did not. We still did pick we? eighteen. Oh my god, that's even more interesting. Go, no, yeah, we have some time on the before we get cut off here. Go ahead on the pick ticker, 18. yeah. Um, so pick eighteen. I had some options this time, so I did a, uh, my own mock through PFF earlier. And some guys that I was looking at, like Brian Brise, uh, Klajic Kansi, right. uh, Skaronsky a little bit, they were all gone uh, by pick 18. So I was like, well, I could trade down again. I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. I don't want to do like – it feels too maddenish if I made two trades in a mock simulator. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm sticking at 18, and I'm not even going to overthink it. I'm taking Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the best running back in years. And I'm gonna reshape my offense around him. He's gonna help golf out. He's gonna probably gonna help my defense out in some ways, uh, sustain drives longer, and I'm gonna prevent offensive regression by taking the stud that forced 104 missed tackles last season. And uh, yeah. I did at 18, and I felt really good about it. I did not hesitate. I did not look back. I knew draft Twitter was gonna come for me, and I did not care. So right, I was happy I- with that one. Well, a that's how you do it with a running back that good. You you can't care like that's you just can't care what the reaction is because he is that good. Like he's that he's that type of prospect, uh, and I think that's where people need to get to. And it's the combine's not going to help him. I don't think because he's not going to run. He's not going to have like a four three forty. You know what I mean? He's not going to run a. He doesn't need it though. But that's my point. Like that. it's not going to help yeah. him. But like you got you really have to watch tape to know that yeah. this guy's good and to know how good he is because it's a lot like. Um, I'm trying to think of like a, a, there's not too many. And that's the point. There's not too many modern comparisons like this. Uh, I was writing in my thing the other day, like, um, you know, Campbell was with Sean Payton for all those years, including all the years that they re did their entire offense to build around Kamara because he's a multifaceted, um, layered running back who can handle a true load as a featured piece of your offense, not a featured back the way that we would say, Emmett Smith was that he was taking 26 carries on dive plays and powers a game. No one in yeah. the history of the NFL, no one in no one is ever doing that again for the rest of time. Okay. Like that's the, the, that it will never happen again. However, B. John Robinson is the type of running back to where, you know, if you asked him to play slot receiver, he could run routes and, and would yeah. not get knocked off his path. He's strong enough to do it. And he's fast enough with his feet. I mean, like that's the difference. He's a guy who you can, you don't have to take him off the field. You really don't have to rotate him if you don't want to. You, you're going to have to have another guy in there that, you know, Jamal Williams, for example, who takes a lot of those, you know, hits off of him yes. when it's time to get inside. But he's your, he's a featured part of the offense, and he's a top 10 player in this draft, I think, in terms of talent. To get him at 18 is terrific value. I don't care what the position says, because I think this guy physically, what is he, 5'11", 6 foot, 220, something like that, yep. 25? He's going to... Mm-hmm. He's going to hold up. He's going to hold up. I think he's going to hold up for a long time. I think that he's closer to what we think about when we think of Barkley and Kamara and those guys where it's like they are weapons. They're not – it's not just standard run. Like Jamal Williams is a running back, right? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But he's a run- – DeAndre Swift is a running back. And that was a guy that I thought a couple of years ago maybe he could be more. We haven't really seen more, frankly. They're one guy. That's one thing. This is not mm-hmm. one thing. 
Bijan is a multi-layered thing. I bet there was probably more people that agreed with your Bijan pick than you than you thought. And I, I slacked you and Chris. I was like, I'm going to get some hate for this tomorrow, but I don't care. When I first published mine yeah. earlier this week. But honestly, like more people have come around it to the It makes sense, idea. doesn't it? Um, when you think about it. It does make sense, man. Like the way I look at it. So the offensive line to me is the key to the yeah. game. Um, <laughs> right. And like there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to build like a cheap backfield with a strong offensive line, you don't have to invest in a first round pick. But, but from where they are, and I look at the running back position right now, Jamal Williams is a free agent. I would expect him to come back, um, but still, he's a number two. What he did this year, I don't think you can expect that going forward. No, um, not forever. DeAndre Swift, like he's got one year left on his rookie deal. I don't think he's going to reach an agreement to yep. stay long term. Like that just feels like it's sort of no, the not yet. thing. If you, yeah, yeah, not yet. Um, it's exactly so. Where maybe Hawkins maybe they keep at. him. Exactly. Maybe they keep him for a year. Yep. Maybe they try to trade him. I'm not sure, but like. You mm-hmm. should be thinking about the future. And if you can get a guy that is the best running back prospect to come out in years, not even since Saquon. I think he's a better prospect than Saquon yeah. even, but that's just me. And they took him second overall. You're taking right, him at did. 18. Right. <laughs> at 18 with your second first round pick. <laughs> the things that he can do in this offense, you have him in the backfield. You have Jameson Williams, a fat, one of the fastest dudes in the NFL. At receiver. And that line. You have Amon Ross St. Brown doing his thing over the middle. And you have that, that offensive line I blocking agree. up front. You're making life easy for golf, and you can still adjust defense with all these other picks. And if you add one by trading back, you have that. You can add a linebacker and free agency. Like they have so many options mm-hmm. to turn this defense around. I think that's the biggest thing people don't understand. Oh yeah, you, right. like I was, and for a while I was like, defense, defense, you got to do it. But like the defense average allowed twenty point two points per game in like the final ten games of the season, and that was with rookies just stepping up and finding their footing in this place. You add. Four more draft picks on defense with those, you know, first five picks, five or six picks, and then you spend a little in free and see this defense can take another step forward. Like it's not one size fits all. Like you don't have to go first first on defense. You, you really don't. There are other nope. ways to do that. And if you make this one move, that helps your entire offense and prevents offensive regression. So that's really where does. I'm at right yeah, now. Well it might change, but like Bijan, man. The thing I would add to that, Colton, because that's all well said, I would agree with everything you said. If you go look at Brad Holmes' draft history with the Rams, they are taking a running back this year. They okay? take running backs. They're yeah. going to do it. DeAndre Swift is in the exact same situation that Hawkinson was in last year. They took James Mitchell in the third or fourth, whatever it was. They're going to take a running back this year. It might not be Bijan, but the case is it might be Bijan, because if you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Why not just take the best one? Take the best if one. If he's got the best staying one in power, years, not just this class. Right, and you can last. The best one in years. If you couldn't do it, but let's say the point is they can sit there and wait, and there's a bunch of guys, a ton of guys who are going to go all the way down into the fourth round who are NFL starters. They're taking a running back this year, so people need to get on board with that. If they're not, you know, yeah. that's their problem if they're not. So it's very <laughs> realistic uh, as a possibility. Uh, as well. I'm glad you hit me on pause because that's a super interesting part of the conversation too. But anyway, we'll take a quick break, come right back on their side and go position by position a little bit here. All right, we're back uh, with uh, one of these years. Another another uh, interesting topic here, Colton, um, that came out, I think this came out this week, right? The uh, health rankings of all the yep. units. Uh, Published Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, so we have a module apparently here at The Athletic. Not real sure <laughs> what goes into it. Um, and, uh, you know, Frankly, I think that's kind of what makes it interesting because I'm not totally sure what goes into all of it. I think some of it, uh, there's a little bit, of, I think I know what goes into all of it on some of these. Some of these make some sense. Some of these don't make as much sense. But I think for the most part, it's kind of kind of right, don't you think? Like the, what the whole I agree thing with most out. Of them. Yeah. yeah. It's not, not totally wrong. I, but I think for the Lions, as we go through it here, these are super interesting. And I want to start with quarterback. That's what we were laughing about before we turn this back on because... They have the Lions at 10th in the league in terms of like just overall stability of the quarterback position, right? Like healthy yep. top third of the league, the upper quartile or whatever you want to call almost in the upper quartile, I guess you would call it or whatever. But in any event, like yeah. I don't know if I would argue with that. I don't, I mean, I think that maybe you could dip them a few more spots because the backup situation's not great right now. They could improve that, of course. But like Goff played so well and, you know, he's not old. I don't, I don't hate that. I think that they're in that. They're top 10, right? Somewhere in there? Yeah. You agree with that? Uh, top 12? I think they're definitely like t- top 12, I would say. Top 12. Like, they have the Jaguars at 12. Yeah, Lawrence I'd is... I'd probably rather yeah, have... I agree. Trevor. Um, 
But it's hard to – yeah, I can't argue too much lower than 10th like or 12th. So no. that range looks good to me. They also have them at a – in terms of priority, um, they'd rank them like 1 to 10. They gave the, the lines a 2 in terms of priority, right. which I think I wrote in the story. I'd probably raise out a few ticks just because exactly, I would too. the backup position and maybe getting a, like a young developmental guy in here would make some sense. Yeah. They don't have to, but I could see it being an option. Um and I don't think Holmes will go this way, but I don't think you can necessarily rule out a quarterback if one falls maybe a little bit or – Right. I don't know. But in, in terms of where they are right now with Jared Goff as their QB1, yes, they're very stable right now. They don't have to make a move. Um, you know, I think that makes sense where they are. Yeah, because, I mean, you've got Geno Smith and the Seahawks. They've got them as a five on the priority list. Which and I would say that's because Gino's a free agent. I guess that's probably why that could be. Um, that's why this is interesting because there's a lot of stuff in here. But like to it's, to me, it's a yeah. similar scenario. It's a similar situation. The Lions and the Seahawks because it's like Gino is a free yes. agent and that's going to complicate matters. But you're still going to have to pay him a bunch and golf's making a ton too. So like whatever. Like I, right. I think they're right. similar players in terms of the value they're bringing to your team and they're going to they're not going to make you worse. They're not going to blow games for you. I wouldn't think. You know they're. For the most part, maybe there's a couple in there, but like they have them as a five, and maybe like you're saying, free. I think the Lions should probably be closer to a five in that priority chart. Maybe not at yeah. a five. I don't know. Maybe a four, but like not a two. Maybe like a three or four. Yeah, yeah. not a, not a two. I think that yeah, I, I would agree with that. But the the funnier issue here is that the Rams are down at eighteen <laughs> and eight full spot, and I'm not sure that I would argue with that. I mean, the Raiders don't have a quarterback. They should probably be lower. I don't know what's going on there. They're at 15. The Raiders are 15. They don't have a quarterback, <laughs> and they're at 15. Yeah. So not sure about all that. Uh, I think I would probably have, I guess, Tua. Yeah, the, the, you know, his head injury situation is not great. But the Rams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a good trade 18. by Brad Holmes, Colton, was it not? <laughs> it's looking real nice now, huh? <laughs> Two was years later. Pretty, I mean, they nice. won the Super Bowl, so you give them that, but like. No, but like it can be a win-win. Yes, like, it was a win-win. I think right now, if you're win-win. asking, That's if you're fair. asking, which good point, which yeah. team is better positioned right now? I would say the Lions. That's what it was designed to do, right? That's what the trade was designed right. to do. It was designed to get the Rams yeah. where they needed to go, which happened, and designed to get the Lions yep. where they want to go faster, which has happened. Great point. It yep. is a win-win. It's like the modern definition of one. And people wanted to poke holes in that one too when it when it happened many many times. But in any event, moving on here to running back. <laughs> Well, uh, si- the same situation <laughs> back in your seats, everyone. Same situation here. Um, tenth, uh, which probably feels right, but that could shift, right? Because I mean, the Lions do actually have, and that's brings us into the Swift conversation here a little bit. If you're going to pay yeah. one of the two, Jamal or Swift, I think we both would agree that you're going to save the money for Jamal Williams, like that. And the yeah. and I think the building would probably, other than DeAndre, would would probably. <laughs> with that almost unanimously which puts Swift into a difficult conversation because it's like I don't think they dislike him I think they like him I actually think I would almost try to I would wonder if somebody would want to trade him trade for him if you could add him into a draft trade or something because I think Mm -hmm. he's gonna I think he's a good player I think he's a valuable player I think you can do better and I think they want to do better uh you know we talked about Ben Johnson sat down was it was it Dan Miller or uh 20 men and he was talking uh, about the, the yards. The one about getting the extra yards, yeah, turning four- and five-yard runs into eight, nine or more. I or think that 50. was Dan Miller. <laughs> yeah, or, or 50. 50. Or 50-yard touchdowns. I wouldn't hate <laughs> that either. But, like, that's – yeah. Yep. I mean, and that's a good point to bring up because they have the line to be selfish about that sort of thing or greedy because a lot of teams you would mm-hmm. – you not selfish, greedy. A lot of teams would call that greedy. You know, hey, just be happy with it. You have a back that gets you the yards that are blocked because a lot of teams don't even have that. Like you want to talk about yeah. why running back value is down. It's down because the position doesn't have as much value, but it's also down because a lot of guys don't know how to play it. <laughs> like they don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But in any event, not yeah. to get too far off a of soapbox, I don't think I would hate that, but Swift is a valuable player. I don't know if I would pay him what he's going to want coming out of the shoot here, but like he's going to play in the league for a while. I mean, and people know that. I don't even know what he would want. That's I don't the either. thing. And that's why like, it's an interesting conversation. What could he, what could he get? I don't know. Yeah. Um, because you could make the case I thought, I thought that, running back, that he could be a, d- a dual threat guy or a multi threat guy. You could make that case, but you haven't, we haven't seen. Oh, that. I mean, that's always the case if, yeah. if he's healthy and in the right offense, then that that's going to give him the ball. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But 
I just don't know. Like the Lions, their offensive line is built for a guy that can turn those runs. A home run hitter. Runs and, yeah. And like they don't really have that. Swift is no. going to get – if there's an open lane, we've seen him take it 50 yards, but like he's not going to break a tackle in open, open space and then do that. You know, like right. that's not really his game. His – you know, Jamal is going to get you what's there and probably not much more than that. Yeah. Um, but a guy yeah. like Bijan, hmm. he is so elusive. Yeah. Like, I feel like most people just haven't watched this man play because no. he is a That's monster. Exactly He's is. incredible. Yeah. He broke 104. He generated 104 missed yeah. tackles last year. I think, I think PFF That's crazy. Com- and I- comped him to Edger and James, which I was like, pretty good. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Pretty good. And like to me, when I'm looking at running backs, I want a guy that's going to break the tackle. Like, yes, that trans that translates that's an innate to skill. the NFL. Yeah, I think if you look at guys that like led the led college football in broken tackles over like the last decade, you probably find a lot of good NFL backs. Right. Um, like, I think that's going to translate pretty well. Kenneth Walker last year, I know Seahawks fans were yeah. like upset taking him in even the second round. They don't hate that pick anymore, man. Like, and that's when they had Rashard Penny exactly uh, with a, a year left on his deal. And people were questioning that. Oh, Penny just had a good season. He gets hurt, and then Kenneth Walker steps up and helps him get to the playoffs. You know, like that's that's why I see that being a valuable pick for the Lions because mm-hmm. you can get a guy like Bijan, who's a better prospect than Kenneth Walker, yeah. a more complete back. Like do man, more. like yeah. you're if you don't have to worry about injuries, you got at least th- two guys. We don't know if they maybe they tried to trade Swift at that point, but if they keep all three for a year, you've got a really good back. Yeah. Group, probably the best in football right now. Um, if they have those three guys there together, it's, and then you probably move on to Swift afterwards. But that ability to to run to daylight and find it, man, is uh, it's a, it's not a, it's not coached. It's I don't think you could teach that. No. Um, it's one of those things that people will argue, you know, that pocket awareness is something that really can't be taught. And I've gone back and forth on that. I think you can help that, but like the the ability to have a full awareness all the time of where you're at in space in relation to everyone else. Is not something that I, I. I mean, I Swift's not bad at it, but he's not great at it, and he's not as good as B. John Robinson. And the Lions could certainly do better, I think, in that area of a guy that yeah. once you get to the second level, now we are carving your ass up. Now it is a problem. Yep. Like that's what you want. They're ready for that, and I guess that try to stop. Yeah, us. Th- yeah, try to stop us. They're ready for that, and I think that to carry over the conversation that we ended the first half on, like. That's what they are ready for. They're ready for a playmaker, and I don't care where he's at. I don't, it doesn't have to be a receiver. It doesn't have to be a tight end. It can be a running back. I think the NFL is closer to that than fans realize. Um, and this this year's class is going to show that at the tight end position, I think, because you're going to see a lot of tight ends go um, maybe not super high like Hawkinson went that year. That was like an overstep and a reach, and Bob Quinn trying to prove that he was ahead of a curve that he wasn't ahead of. Um, but, like, you're going to see more guys go in the top 70, top 50, because there's a lot of freaky yeah. tight ends. And we're seeing more guys go through college, and you know this, they go and they don't change positions. They come in as tight ends and they stay. They don't move. They don't, they don't, I don't want, I want to be an edge or I want to be a tackle. No, uh, I actually think I'm going to be here now because I see what Travis Kelsey's doing. I see what some of these guys in the league are doing. You know, like I saw what Gronk did. You know, a lot of those guys, they've mm-hmm. seen that. And, some even the great athletes we're seeing coming out of high school now. So the position's changing. The NFL's thought process on that and the value of it is changing. And if you find a generational type or a guy that's different, you're going to get him. And you're going to pay him too. Yep. Okay? Like, that's the other part. Like, Saquon's coming up for a deal. He's getting paid. People can be mad about he's that if paid. they want to. I don't care. He's awesome. Like, I mean, like, he's the only reason they were good. You know, at the end, I mean, they were well coached. But other he was their that, entire offense. You know, like, I mean, it was him and Dable was the reason they got to the playoffs. <laughs> so, yeah, like the Giants are lower than the Lions on that QB list. No one's arguing with that, right? Like, I mean, there yeah. you go. Yeah, I agree with you. Full stop. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people would, too. I think there's a lot more people coming around on that um, than we probably yeah. give them credit for. But there's still also that crowd that just immediately shoots it down that that's – and they think they're not being they think they're being like modern in their thinking and I'm like that's actually kind of antiquated that you're just immediately shooting down the idea of drafting a running back based on that it's that's a insane, theme right? that they don't get drafted that high anymore and it's like okay yeah well they're like robots <laughs> right exactly you're a little late to the thing yeah. there on that one but anyway keeping going here uh receivers Third overall, which you said you thought this was a little high, I would probably agree. That that's high. That's that's, high. All, that's St. Brown inflated, <laughs> I think. Right, it's and a lot of projection with J Mo too. I think. Yeah. 
and DJ too, because yeah. we don't know where it's going to happen there. But like, if you look at yeah. it on its head, that's what we talked about all last year, though, right? We were like, oh my god, <laughs> like you suddenly looked up and you're like, oh whoa, they uh, like a, they're certainly top ten, like they're certainly yeah. you know like maybe top five. I mean, I, because so the, the top ten was um, Bengals one, which makes sense. Dolphins two, Lions three, Raiders four, 49ers five, and Vikings. Vikings also five. Tied at five. Yeah, tied I would for, probably tied for five. Oof. I would pro- Seahawks, Packers, Rams, Cowboys. Yeah, top ten. They definitely would not be worse than Seattle. I would say. I'm surprised the Packers were eighth. Yeah, How are the Packers eighth. I don't Just know. Watson. That's maybe because um, he's not there anymore. Uh, yeah, San Francisco, Minnesota, and Vegas would have an argument, right? But other than that, I'm not sure too many of these teams would have much of. I mean, that's they're top ten for sure. They're better. The than, Eagles were 16th. How are the Eagles at 16? <laughs> well, what? maybe it's contract. I don't know though because what's AJ Brown's deal? What's his contract? Was it a one? I don't know what oh. his deal is. Is that a one year? You know, uh, that's got to be they, part of this. I have no idea actually. Because you've also got the Patriots at 50. Need at nine. Yeah, because you've also for the Eagles. Yeah, because it must be the deal. Because you've also got the Patriots at 15, and they absolutely need a receiver. And you know what I mean. Yeah. But it's. They have good players, but it's maybe not for the long-term health. But I think that, again, speaks to the Lions. Their best players are the youngest. St. Brown, is he was one of the most valuable ball handlers in the league last year. And yes. he's a second-year player. And the Jameson projection is what it is, but he's 22 or whatever <laughs> years old or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I was, I was just wondering if they put Little that high, stock in the JMO. Um, Probably. When he hasn't really played a ton. But obviously the potential is there for him to be, you know, this blazing receiver that can stretch the field for you and do yeah. a lot of things underneath with the speed and take a five-yard catch and turn it into 40. Important you know? to remember so I get that it. last year there were teams that, you know, in January that were like, I don't care if he's hurt or not. He's the best receiver in the draft, period. End of story yep. on Jamison. Yep. And that was the thought that we that we would hear from people all the way through, all the way through spring. He's the, There's nobody like him. He doesn't have, when he's healthy, that second level, nobody else has that. So now it's on him to prove it, though, and I guess that's probably the bigger point there. Um, tight ends was 14th. Yep. Not showing mm-hmm. off, not falling behind. Probably right where they want to be. <laughs> I would almost feel like, I think so. Right? Don't you think? Like, don't have to pay yeah. any of these guys quite yet, right? <laughs> but they're all playing. They're all maxing out, or they're giving everything they got, and I think that they're in a good spot there. I, I've i thought about tight end for them, too, though, you know? Like, what's their need? Four out of ten? I've thought about yeah. it. I mean, I don't know how. I think that's fair, right? You think about it because this is a loaded tight end class, and they could probably get some guys exactly. maybe in the second round That's if they want. Point. Maybe one falls, um, but it's it's not like a huge need. No. They could probably wait a year if they want one, see what James Mitchell can do this they year. They could definitely develop um, as we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a stat in here though, uh, per True Media, uh, golf targeted tight ends twenty point one percent of the time from weeks one to eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, from weeks nine to eighteen, that fell to twelve point seven percent. Uh, that was obviously after the uh, Hawkinson trade. Right. So tight ends weren't super involved, and you can argue some of that is they didn't have that like number one guy. But at the same time, they're spreading it around, and what they did elsewhere was use them in the red exactly. zone. Exactly. Um, those those three tight ends, you know, you make uh, it more Zilstra, impactful when they're when they are targeted. Mitchell mm-hmm, and, and Brock, right, right? Yeah. those three. They had uh, nine touchdowns in the final ten games of the year. So. <laughs> Solid production from an inexpensive unit is what I wrote, and I think that makes Perfect. sense. Perfect. It's exactly what you want. Maybe they can. Maybe they run it back with this group. Maybe they try to add one later on. We'll see. But uh, I mean, I think they're in a good spot right now. Middle of the pack sounds good, and they're not paying them a ton. No, so and I think they're always going to value the two things they're going to value at tight end over pass catching are going to be willingness to run block and intelligence, um, and that is over pass catching and athleticism, frankly, uh, because I think that's really what it's going to boil down to. It's are you willing. Are you going to be a willing part of our run game? Which essentially means, you know, we know what that means. You're an offensive lineman. I mean, like, that's essentially what that, you know, that's how in so many, you're a fullback, really, I guess, in a lot of ways. You are, you are blocking defensive ends and being, it's tough. It's a hard life. It's not easy. You're, it's going to short your career. It's going to, you're going to lose money, the whole thing. If you, but if that's what your role is and you're self aware, that's who they want. I think that that's the guys that they're going to target. Um, and it's going to be a tricky spot for them because 
one day it might come into a deal where Mitchell develops into a guy that you do have to pay. And if he's a guy that like is a stud of your offense, well, then you make you figure that out as you go. But I think to your point, you'd like to keep that position if you are them right now because of the situation they have. They don't have a star. They don't have a stud in there. So keep it yep. where it's at. If you had a stud, I think you could build around that guy and keep that. But they don't have that. So this is exactly what you want. I think that's the same thing as running back, right? It's the same conversation that we just had. If you had a guy right. that was worth it, cool. If not, this is where you want to be. So I agree with that. Exactly. Uh, O-line is actually a little bit higher on the priority list. They, we'll get to the, uh, the where they rank them in a second. They had them five, yeah. five out of ten, <laughs> and they've got them ranked 15th yeah. overall, which is just insane, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> on its insane. head, right? <laughs> but I guess if I think about it, like <clears throat> the Vitae's contract probably has something to do with this, I would guess. Um, Decker is not young. He's not. They are paying these dudes a lot. Yes. That's the thing. So Decker's not young. Not he's not old. That's... Frank just got paid. Um, Decker mm-hmm. just got paid. Vitae's getting paid a fortune and hasn't played. Didn't play all year. So mm-hmm. I, you know, and and you do need. You probably do need to bring in a younger guy here, like a younger a draft pick. So I, yep. I guess on its head, when you just look at it and you say like the Broncos have a better line than the Lions, no. But like, yeah, they, it's not a power ranking. I have to keep telling myself ranking. that it's not. It's a, it's a health <laughs> of that's that's, a, that's the best way to say it. It's not a power ranking. It's the health of the where they're at in relation to where they want to be uh, among their and peers. how much they're paying them. Right? Yeah, amongst their peers. Yeah. And I think that that's probably the, because the Eagles are one and they should be one. And like because they are perfect. Yeah. They are the model <laughs> franchise of how to build an offensive so line and how to maintain it. Like every single time that a gear gets ready to fall off, they ha- they have already made the decision and moved on and had the replacement ready to go by the time that gear falls off. So they've done it before. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's it's mm-hmm. perfect. They've done it perfect every time. And the Lions are just they've inherited some poor decisions. And yeah, I mean, I, they're in a spot right now where I think a large chunk of their space is being eaten by but that is what it is. That's just where they're at in the timeline of things. So but the need If you're going to yeah. commit financially to and that's one where position, you would do it. Like yeah. outside of quarterback, I would do it offensive line. So Right, sense. because one is Philly, two is KC, okay, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl players, <laughs> and then three I would mean, be Baltimore, yeah. who's always good. Never, they're yeah. never not good. And four, uh, tied for third is the Browns, who have been an abomination to the NFL because they have one of the best rosters in the league and can't win a damn game because their owner is a dipshit. <laughs> so whatever, that's yeah. another that's another conversation for another podcast, probably a <laughs> Cleveland podcast, but that's what, how I feel about the offensive line. In terms of a power ranking though, they would certainly, the Lions would be better than 15. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't put them above Philly. I still think they should be better than 15 as yeah. is. And probably, um, yeah, you're probably honestly, right. They're top 10. They're probably late 10. If you Even if you factor in like, Contracts, how much they're paying Decker and all these other guys, right? And, yeah, but I mean, some of these teams have thing. some good so, lines. Like Tampa's in a good spot, Baltimore's in a good spot, Philly, Cleveland. For God's sake, is Green sake. Bay that good? I keep seeing people. Uh, well, say they got a lot of good line. young players. They've got a Green Bay has a lot of good young linemen who I think they're are, at six. Who, they're top of the Cowboys. Not sure. a lot. They have some good young. They have some good young linemen who I think will be better in a year than they are right now. Like Zach Tom. For example, yeah. is a really mm-hmm. good young player who's going to get better, but that's probably part of this too, right? Where you project, like, same thing was. That's why it's like, and I, I yeah. that's my. I'll take this example of whatever Sewell is undervalued in the NFL. Like, I was glad to see that he made the Pro Bowl. He was an alternate, correct? He's undervalued. Yeah. First alternate. Yeah. The Rashawn Slater, and I'm not Rashawn Slater is not overvalued by any stretch of the imagination. He's a terrific player. But he his explosion last year took away, I think, some of the spotlight or whatever from Sewell. And Sewell, yeah. frankly, I think, didn't play as well as people thought maybe he would. And it wasn't because he played right tackle. I think it was because his body was different. And he changed his body this year, and it was back to what it was when he was like a junior at Oregon and really cooking. And he's underrated, way underrated. Like, I think that... That's why we see a lot of these projection models, modules, models, whatever the hell they're called, uh, that are low on the Lions' line. Because 
I think that people still are, even though the Chargers are down there at 13th, which is probably too low for them, but I think people are still a little bit too low on Sewell. They haven't re-caught back up yeah. yet with how good he is, man. Like, if you see them every day... They will. Yeah, give, like give, it's, give it's impossible we'll come, we'll come not to. Because if you watch him every day, you're like, holy shit, this guy, he's like Werfs. He's like all these guys. He's like one of the best young... He's in there with Slater. He's in there with Werfs. He's in that conversation. And I don't think people have quite... They forget about him for, you know number of reasons he sat that year out at Oregon because of the COVID thing you know he changed his body because he thought that's what he needed to do for the draft and then he got back to you know so is what it is yeah. but um they're fine and <laughs> going forward uh the defense obviously not in as good a situation 23rd on the D line that felt right I I think that feels somewhere in that 20s right nine out of ten yeah on the on the need list yep it's about right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Edge, use a three tech in there. Yeah, I, I mean that's the more you, like you said, can't see at eighteen. You know, and it was like I've thought about that too, and I'm gonna have to see about the combine because like that's the one where yeah. it's like, and Mozzie Smith is another one where, like I keep telling myself like I wouldn't do it at eighteen because I think you're gonna be able to get a good one in the second round, but like well, if you know Mozzie Smith goes to the combine and. Do, you know, jumps 33 inches or whatever at 340 pounds or some shit, then you're like, okay, well, I mean, he's not going to be there in the 40s, and maybe you have to think about that in a second. You know, so that is definitely something where I think, you know, 9 out of 10 is right because you do have to be wary of where the elite talent is because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to miss out, man, on some of those guys if you could get one of them. Like, I wouldn't want to – like, Dexter is where the line is for me. Uh, even maybe before him, because those guys above him are real good, and they could help them a lot. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I agree with that. It's interesting. I it mean, is. I I guess I wonder if Cansey, and I, I've seen Cansey as high as ten. I've seen him like in the second round. So right. I think the combine will tell us a lot about him and kind of where teams view him. And once we get past that, we'll have a better idea of like, is he a realistic fit at eighteen? Mm-hmm. Brise, probably the same thing. Yeah, Some same thing. Down on him. Let's see how he um, runs so and all that. We'll yeah. see. That's a post-combine discussion, I yeah, think. Yeah, that, absolutely. With a lot of these guys on the edge, too, is 16th, which I think is fair because I, it's like it is and it isn't. You, you're you not in a place where you can check off the box on James Houston and say he's going to be this all the time yet, I don't think. Um, and, right. the, and, the, and the brothers Okwara, I think, are still sort of in that same bag. I know they love Charles Harris. Maybe they think Charles Harris is a check-off, but... I still think they could use more help. You know what I mean? Like Aiden and Harris are probably the closest things they have to, and Romeo, I guess, when he's healthy. But even him, I don't know. It is an edge-heavy class, so they can get a guy in the second. Yeah. And maybe that's like a first-round talent. So right. we'll see. Um, I was I had one sat in here uh, just to talk about you know some of those guys, like Pascal playing more and yeah. Houston coming along. Uh, let's see. Detroit's pressure rate. Was uh, 26th in the league from weeks uh, one to eight, the first half of the season. Yep. Um, from weeks nine to 18, that rose to <laughs> fifth. Fifth in the NFL <laughs> at 38.6%. <laughs> so if they can continue that, what they did in the second half. Yeah, and they didn't change blitzes, uh, right? It was the same. And their blitz rate was about the same, yep. um, like a 2% difference in that. So wow. uh, there was really some young guys just coming in and doing their thing and getting comfortable right. in the league. So if you add another guy to that mix, now you're really yes. cooking. If it's um, a young guy, I wouldn't well, sign one there. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Honestly, I'd wonder if they'd move on from like yeah. Harris or Romeo just to save some Maybe. money. I don't, I don't think they will, but it's, could be, though. I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, I so. wouldn't either. And that, that would open the door for a young guy to yeah. come into. Uh, linebacker, so, they've got yeah. him 20th, which, again, I think I would agree with. Seven out of 10 on the priority list. I agree with that. Um, I actually might even have them lower um, because Malcolm is going to be good. I think we all can agree with that, but he also needs help. And I just don't get there on Anzalone. I know they love him as a leader and all that, and I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, They can do a lot better than him on the field. And Barnes is the hard one for me because I'm curious on your thoughts. I don't think you should give up on Derek Barnes, but like, man, does he have to get a lot better? Like right now, and we've been saying that for two years, but it really needs to happen now. I feel like otherwise, I'm drafting someone or signing a guy. That might be a place where you we talked about that too. Maybe you sign a guy here. 
Yeah, with, with Barnes, like they knew he was going to be a project, and they knew it was going to take a couple years mm-hmm. to get on, kind of get him going. Did he show enough last year yeah, to that's make you the, feel? I don't know. Good. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I also wouldn't give up on him just yet because he had some flashes. One, he's under contract, and he's a cheap player, and he's like right. not he's breaking like, the bank. Exactly. So why? Yeah. yeah. So keep him around, see what he can do. Um, but More also, of a reps thing. yeah, yeah, clock's ticking, man. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they went out and signed one. Uh, exactly. Like a, Upgrade over Anzalone in free NC. Like, I think that'd be a solid option. Um, I saw PFF, they have like some rankings out with like projected contracts. And um, I was taking a look at that yesterday. There are some options they can get like mm-hmm. without breaking the bank. You can get a guy for like $5 million that can oh, yeah, help you for sure. Away, so that's all they got Anzalone. Um, I mean, at the time, he was a decent signing. You know, I mean, it was fine. Was, oh, yeah. But I mean, he's, he's even cheaper than that. Right. So. But yeah, like, same idea. It was just getting a cheap guy yes. off the scrap heap. Right, just to plug in. Got and, a couple years left yeah. at him, and it is what it is. You can just get a better version of that if you want. Yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm saying uh, you don't need like a uh, Tremaine Edwards no. or someone like right. that. It's yeah, yeah, cost yeah. you like $16 million a year. You but there are better solid. tiers than the Anzalone tier. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that there's, won't cost there's a 49ers linebacker. linebacker. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of good linebackers. Um, and in this draft, too. Aziz Alshair. Oh, I like yeah. Aziz Al Shair. I think yep, P- nice PFF projected him at like five million, and he's a good yep. coverage player, good range. I think he like destroyed the Lions. Does his in job. Twenty one. Right. Really yeah. good game against uh, the Lions that that year. So yeah, he'd be a good player. And there's um, good guys in the draft too. You know, like this is a good draft. Yep. Absolutely for linebackers. And there, are, it's uh, another one of those where it's like, it's not valuable unless you don't have any. <laughs> You know, it's not a position. It's a it's a position of no value unless your linebackers are just the worst. And then you're like, well, this I can't watch this like for one more second. So yeah. Speaking of yeah. that exact conversation, safety is also twentieth and in a seven out of ten priority, which is exactly the safest linebacker. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I would have the same exact conversation about that. It's like different reasons because I think Kirby. You can put the check mark too. I think he's that good. Mm. But Walker, yeah. and I think Walker, you can put the check mark on him that he'll be around. But I don't know if I'm like building anything around him. And like if he, I have no clue. And it's, and we're right back to the so, same thing, you know. And Elliot's a free agent. Yeah. And so. Will Harris, no, I'm sorry. Like I, enough of this. I like Will Harris, but enough's enough. Okay. You can like, upgrade there. Yeah, you can right. upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, here's what I would do I would put Akuda. Okay, in, uh, now Will we're Harris's talking. role, yeah, we're like talking. the slot corner, like nickel, having play close to the line of scrimmage, put like him in the, the box. Game. Yeah, yes. Uh, we'll t- we'll see what they do at corner. Maybe you sign one free agency. Maybe you draft one at like six or nine mm-hmm. if you trade back. That's probably what I would do there. Safeties is interesting though because so Tracy Walker, great dude. I love talking to him in the locker yeah. room. Um, but I wonder. Is he like gonna be healthy to start the year? He's been posting all these videos know. saying like I'm coming along. Last time I talked to him was like November, I think November or December, and he said he's coming along, expects to be ready by like OTAs. That feels very aggressive for a guy that tours Achilles yeah. in se- late September, yes, so it does. or mid September, I guess. But he's like operating at, as if he's going to be healthy for OTAs. I. Don't know if that's the case because we right. saw how they held back. Even I know Jameson tours much later, but they held him back until he was very conservative he he was ready to play. Them, yeah. So if that's is, is that their plan for everybody, just being conservative? Like Romeo came back a little later, mm-hmm. same injury. Um, some of these other guys. Yep. So I wonder if like the Lions are going to be like, oh, I know you want to get back, but we're going to take it slow with you. And if that's the case, I would bet so. They should probably look into safety, man. Like either drafting and, one yeah, or that's a good point. Signing a cheap one, or I would see. also add to that that like even a fully operational and healthy Tracy Walker, I'm not sure, is a guy that I would say. What's the fit there with him and Kirby? Yeah, that's my like because I mean, like, like he, both- it's almost like he's a he, Tracy Walker is a third safety in this conversation. Like that's you know what I mean because you have a deep safety. And I'm not moving Kirby Joseph. Like he is dictating, you know, the re- Tracy Walker is going to have to work around him. Like that's what that's what that's going to be. Yeah. Like around Kirby Joseph, he is the younger and more talented player, and he is going to be a very good football player. I think by the time all is said and done. So, but I think Walker can add value and be a good player and a good guy that you have around. You know, they gave him that new deal a couple years ago, and they didn't go crazy on it. They gave him no. more than I probably thought they would, but they didn't go crazy on it. And so, 
I still, even if he was healthy, I guess is my point that I still think that they would be in the market for one. And I think that this is another Probably. one where you sign a guy. This is one where I would sign a guy. Where I, I think that, or if if Branch was there at eighteen, well, then, uh, okay, back, if he's there at eighteen, he maybe that's a different conversation. I don't know if he's going to be <laughs> I don't there. Think he will maybe, be, yeah, maybe that's a different conversation. But I do think this is where I would love to sign a veteran and put him with yeah, both of those I guys, agree. with Walker and yeah. Kirby, because Walker's not that old. Like he's not he's not an old man, no. like or whatever. And uh, like. I love what he brings as a yeah, captain, and as a leader and, and stuff. Yeah, like, and he's been yeah. here. He was here when it sucked. He's a guy that you can go. You need to, yeah. some guys like that to stick around. Yeah, so. he's a guy you can go to and be like, go talk to Tracy if you're bitching and moaning about how today feels or whatever. Right? He'll tell you stories like that kind of stuff's important. Yeah. But yeah, I think you can still get better there. And I would love to. Yeah, I'd love to see them get like an accomplished, you know, like youngish veteran who's good and pay the guy and and come in here and be like, you're now mentoring. One of the best young safeties in Kirby, and one of our leaders in, and I just think that could be the heart of your defense. You know what I mean? Like that could just change everything, right? I mean, corners thirty of thirty out of thirty-two. I'm surprised it's not dead last. I, who <laughs> is worse? Ten out of ten need. Yeah, <laughs> just, I don't know who's worse, but that's another one. I think you, you could draft multiple corners, but if I'm signing someone, it's going to be a safety. I'm not signing a corner, not on this team. Yeah, because that's to fair. me. I would rather have a safeties just by nature are better team people. They're just better yes. with the locker room. I and they need that. They need a leader, a teacher, a guy who can help other guys grow. I'd rather have young guys at corner, older guys at safety right now. If I were the Lions, that's how I would sort of land on that. You agree with that, or am I too too much on that? Would you sign a corner? I think that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I probably wouldn't sign a corner unless it was like a maybe a cheap guy with upside. Yeah, maybe a lower. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't break that the bank. You felt maybe he's a backup somewhere and is ready for a starting opportunity and you can get him for cheap. That's probably what I would do at corner. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would just look at the draft. I agree. This is a loaded class and you can get one in the damn first right. and one in the third if you want. Yeah, so. you get a damn good I one like in the third one. too. Like a really good one. A yeah. starter. <laughs> like in, Which yes. we don't say that every year. You know, I mean, it's important to note. Like, I feel like people fall in love with that idea that you can just always get a corner. And to a degree, that's true. Like you can always find a good one if you're if you've done your homework. But, like, mm-hmm. this is a year where you can get a no-doubt starter deep into the third round. And mm-hmm. so, it, the, the, yeah. The combination of the pool this year and Holmes's eye for DBs, like, I right. trust that. I agree with that. that he'll find the right that. guy. Yeah. So, if they take one there, I yeah, or multiple even, I could, I could definitely see a first round. And then I wouldn't be shocked to see them come back in the third and take another one. Because, again, I think you can find two yeah. starters that you could play together, you know, uh, with Kirby uh, for mm-hmm. a long time. So, uh, in any event, we got anything else? I think that we went OT this week, but we missed an episode a couple weeks ago, so that's fine. We're catching up. We're catching up on our debts. <laughs> Give the people more. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Give them more. We'll have more, I'm sure, next week from the Combine. Uh, more is more in this time of year, as it's really going to heat up here after the Combine. Uh, yeah. And we'll have plenty to talk about, I'm sure. But uh, until then, Colton, you got anything else we good for this week? I'm all good. Enjoy the mocks that we put out. We put out like 12 yes. this week. So. There's more on the way. <laughs> There'll be more coming after <laughs> There's more that. on the way. <laughs> uh, it'll only get uh, more from here as we go. But in any event, thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show. Uh, for Colton, I'm Nick. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>